In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this episode of 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. My name is Beth Laurie. I'm your host. I'm so glad to be with you today. And I have invited a friend and a special guest with me today, Tammy Danzi. Hi, Tammy. Hi, Beth. (laughs) We're so glad to have Tammy come and be on with us today. Uh, Many of you may know Tammy already, but she is the Corporate Communications for Southern Company Gas. She's a member of Mount Pisgah. She is a wife, a mother, and a disciple maker. And um, I've had the pleasure of getting to know Tammy over the years. And every time I'm together, she's just such a good encourager and so um, kind to be around. It's really been neat to see her uh, work with other women and help them on their journey to becoming disciples of Jesus. So, Tammy, before we sort of jump into talking about spiritual journeys today, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your story. How did you become a disciple, disciple maker? Sure, I'd love to share that. Well, I'm a Georgia girl. Uh, I came from a loving Christian home. I'm the middle child between boys. And one of my brothers uh, died in childbirth before I was born. So, I feel like God knitted me in the womb with a special purpose to bring joy to my bereaved family. Um, I accepted Christ when I was seven years old, and um, I was, in my young life, I was an overachiever in high school and college. Maybe it was the only girl syndrome. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I had... um, uh, I was from a small town. We always try harder. Uh, I had a few mean girl experiences uh, during that time of my life and um, was also in college surrounded by uh, beauty queens and, and mega successful women. So that kind of shaped my view towards women a little bit. And I decided I preferred the company of men and (laughs) I maybe didn't even like women. Um, And I also put God in a box, I think, at that time and just sort of made him a cog in my wheel that was mostly about social ambition. So God intervened, of course, and um, first time he did, uh, I was I fell asleep driving. Uh, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt and I flipped a car twice and should have been ejected from the car. Um, And I ended up with just uh, I had a lot of injuries to my face and it was quite disfigured. So all of my dreams of my future, you know, kind of died at that moment. And um, but my mother said, no, I, I envision angels bouncing all around you and cushioning the impact, you know, when when that happens. So. So that changed me, um, but God had to intervene yet again when I found myself um, begging him to help me uh, escape a troubled marriage, and uh, I had a newborn at the time. So um, that was when I finally surrendered my life to Jesus, and um, he became my Lord and Savior. Um, During all that, he blessed me with seven years of being a single mom. And um, he mended my brokenness. He um, freed my chains of ambition and bitterness. And um, he just gave me a a new life and a new family. So um, as mom loved to put it, uh, 
God dropped a man out of the sky onto the church t-ball field. <laughs> That's how I met my husband. And um, he's Mark Danzi. He's a minister. And um, he had three beautiful children at the time. So we've now been a family for 18 years. So it was my husband that taught me how to have a personal relationship with Christ. And he modeled that for me. And that was really my missing piece. Um, I was ready to go deeper spiritually. Uh, I joined a disciple group and met my mentor who led me to a new job. And then within a few months, um, she and I both lost several loved ones. And through our grieving, we decided to that God had brought us together for a reason. And we started a disciple group. And three years later, our group multiplied. And then six years later now, our groups have multiplied again. And now I'm about to start my fifth generation of, of women. And, you know, what's changed in me is that I've, I've found purpose, really, with, with my sisters in Christ. So how ironic, right, that I started out life <laughs> not even liking women. And um, now they're my passion. So. Oh, well, isn't that neat? That's what God does to us. I love that story. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. And just seeing how he uh, has called you to this is beautiful. Well, I wanted Tammy to come on today to talk about spiritual journeys. There's a tool that's very helpful in our discipleship um, process. And so, Tammy, what is a spiritual journey and how is it beneficial? <laughs> okay. Spiritual journey to me is simply making a visual chart of the high points and the low points in your life and giving those points a name and a date. Um, the, the benefit of it is the realization that comes with seeing how the highest points are usually the times you're closest to God and, uh, or the times when Christ carried you through something. Um, or you experienced a miracle, like I described in my story. Um, the lows are usually when you're alone and away from Christ. So, so um, it, it's just painting that visual picture for you um, to to see where God's fingerprints have been on you, and and you didn't even realize it. Wow. Yeah. So you sort of use it to reflect, I'm guessing, and to mm -hmm. look back what you're saying from your whole life and see, much like you just shared your story with us, um, yeah. how he was there through both the high and the low, even though we see the differences in those. Well, yes. so how do you create a spiritual journey? Is it like a document or? Mm -hmm. It is. Um, you take a piece of paper and um, I like to put it in landscape position, if you are familiar with that. And um, you can put a timeline on the bottom. Um, just, just start with a blank sheet of paper. And um, some people draw a, a dotted line that's sort of their flat line, maybe, or, or level set, their, their neutral zone. And then you just fill in your birth date, uh, first significant event in your life, maybe your first memory, and then just move through the years and allow yourself to, um, to think freely about significant life moments. Uh, good, bad, neutral, and then with each date, compare it to those previous to make sure you've analyzed your data points properly <laughs> as a high or a low. Uh, it may take a couple of tries to get it all on one sheet, but I've seen them run off the page or 
uh, you know, put it on the back. Um, and once you get that picture, you you um, each one is unique, of course. And uh, I, I love the visuals that that come together. Um, I've I've seen several that people have shared with me. So um, so for some, it um, it it may look like a heartbeat. You know, lots of highs and lows. For others, it may look like your heart stopped and somebody had to shock you back to life. Um, um, everyone I've seen, though, uh, for those who have gone deeper with Christ, their chart usually looks like a really good stock <laughs> with increasing dividends. Um, <laughs> it's quite a moving experience to document your life that way, and um, it gives you a, a great map to use in giving a testimony. Okay, so I, I totally get it, and I and I can visualize it. I love the way you uh, laid it out for us, how we can draw that and um, put those dates in and start to start to label the different things. And so, you know, maybe um, a great time at a camp where I accepted Jesus, I felt close to him, or maybe at a time of loss, someone in your life died and you felt alone, um, even though God was there. And who knows, some people might be opposite, right? Like even during a hard time, they might be close to God, right? Sure. Um, yeah. Okay. So there's some, it sounds like there's some key moments that, that you might identify as you go through this process, right? Right. Right. Okay. So um, a lot of people categorize it with the four calls of Christ uh, when they receive their salvation, when God became Lord of their life. Um, when they became a, a disciple, and then ultimately when they discovered their purpose. And as you heard in my testimony, that's uh, kind of the way I categorized it. But you can just simply say before Jesus, during Jesus, after Jesus, or even just before and after Jesus. <laughs> right. There's, um, there's no particular way. You just, no as, you and the Lord right. are creating this together. Okay. I like that. That's right. That sounds easy and, and comforting to do. Um, and so you use the word God's fingerprint. That sounds nice because I think we all like to see how God's been working in our life. So is that what happens as you chart this out? You sort of notice things maybe? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, you know, there have been so many moments for me that I haven't realized God's handiwork, the way he weaves his tapestry, you know, in, into my life. And, and when I saw it visually like this, mine was, it was, uh, there was a deep valley in the middle of my life. And then I even drew um, a, a tightrope over the valley where Jesus was carrying me, you know. Um, so, and, and, and I think something else magical can happen. You you end up seeing him in your lows as well. Like you said, um, when, when you're alone and, and you're low, maybe that's when you're closest. So something that, that seems so low at the time now with this spiritual perspective of, of your entire timeline to this point, um, you know, just, just changes the way you, you view everything. Maybe you saw how God was using uh, that experience or something else, or how he was pruning you, uh, so you could bear more fruit. Um, you just kind of feel all your worries start to melt away when you see your life like this, and and notice things that um, you've never noticed before. 
Um, maybe it's even a way for God to speak to you and, and beckon you to come closer. Uh, there's there's no telling what might happen. <laughs> it's it's beautiful the way you're describing it. It's like an activity you're doing with God. So it's a very mm. prayerful kind of activity as you reflect and maybe it moves you to thank God or worship him even for just, you know, how he's been part of your life. Um, oh, I love that. So encouraging. So when and why would you do this with your discipleship group? Right. So first of all, you must be in covenant, meaning everyone has signed a document and agreed to the rules of the group. And the rules include things like speaking the truth to each other, being accountable, being transparent, being authentic, um, and especially holding everything in the strictest confidence. Um, so only in that atmosphere can trust be developed and uh, if you don't know each other at all, it may take a while before the group's ready for that. Um, I think it took us a couple of months before we, we got into spiritual journeys. Um, as the leader, uh, I, I modeled it first, and I would definitely encourage that. And then just gently encourage others to step up as they're ready. Um, and the why of it is, is easy. This can be, you know, such a transformational moment for the individual sharing and uh, for the bond created among the entire group. You'll see light bulbs go off in people um, as they hear how a certain upbringing shaped a person's life or they realize they share a similar life experience. Um, walls of fear and, and shame come tumbling down. Um, layers of, <laughs> I call it crust, come off and, you know, we're, we're gently peeled back to a beautiful core. Um, the room is just filled with the Holy Spirit and um, everything is, is reverent and silent as the story is being processed. And the person is heard and um, truly heard. Um, and then you'll hear voices of encouragement, you know, beginning to fill the air, to respond what they've said. I mean, it is, it's, it's a beautiful why. Wow. Yeah. I can hear the sacredness in the way you're describing it as they um, just sort of open up their life right in front of this group that they now are um, committed to, willing to go deeper with. Um, yes. I, I love that. I love that. Uh, and I've seen it myself uh, in action where it, it, you know, there's so many places at times where we feel like we have to be somebody or have this mask on for the world, right? And then all of a sudden, you get to this place of vulnerability and everything just falls off like you described. And we're our true selves, truly before each other. And it's beautiful, <laughs> really beautiful. Really, it really is. It's a special moment. And it's like it creates this bond of connectedness, I think. At least I've seen that with the women where all of a sudden they feel like, okay, I have plenty of other places where I have to, you know, talk about small talk and keep it light and be whatever you want me to be. But this is going to be the place where I can just show up as my mess or whatever I am that day. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So much what it's for. Exactly. <laughs> so how long does one take to share that their story? Did, mm -hmm. it, well, it varies, you know, some, um, <laughs> some, it's always interesting. Some people feel like they didn't have much of a journey or, you know, they haven't had anything dramatic 
happen in their life. But that's another great thing about mapping this out because it, it fills you with memories of things maybe you've forgotten or, or blocked out even. Um, so in my group, we've always uh, given people uh, the entire session if they want. Um, and we, we meet for an hour and a half to two hours. So it, it can go on the entire time, but, you know, based on how you've planned your lessons and, and your time together, um, that can vary to, to 30 minutes. Um, the first time is always the hardest and takes the longest, of course. And uh, then uh, in, in my groups, we've gone through it a couple more times in, in our in our time together. So the second time, if you started with 30 minutes or an hour, maybe you try to boil it down to 15. And then the third time, we call it the elevator testimony. You know, you're just a few minutes on a train with someone and and uh, you have a four minute testimony. So yeah, I, I love that. So different you're ways really to starting it. with teaching them they have a testimony and then mm-hmm. It may be long to start with because they need to get it all out, but then eventually they can get down to those key things you were talking about earlier. That's right. Okay, so quick question. If someone is, like, anxious about sharing, you know, they just uh, haven't had those kind of safe spaces or felt that before, any, any, how have you handled that or what would you do? Yes. Well, that's one of the reasons I go first. And, of course, the version that I just gave doesn't have some of my... <laughs> Juicy details. So um, I always do that because I feel like if I can put it out there, anybody can. Because uh, I've had a lot happen to me. So um, I think I do understand it's a difficult thing for some people to to trust in that way. But um, once you're at God's table um, in His presence, and you know you you hear people begin to share and you uh, you experience this kind of love for each other um, and you've revealed yourself uh, there's there's just an unbreakable bond that that happens and um, I mean even to the point where I feel like you become fiercely protective of each other uh, and you become sisters in Christ you, you really do so, I would say if someone's anxious, um, don't go first, you know, just wait until the Holy Spirit moves you and, and you're ready. And we did that in in my groups um, and it, it took some quite a while to, to finally be ready. But when they did, oh, my gosh, what a what a wonderful moment it was. So wow. I, would, I would just coach them that way. That's really great advice. I, I, I could see how that could work. Like if someone's anxious the more transparent you are. I mean, in most every group I've led, like you said, just things that are hard, difficult life circumstances almost always come up. Things that I've had women say, I've never told this to anybody, not even, you know, my parents know this or my spouse knows this, and they feel willing and comfortable to share. But it did, it did took that, like you're saying, that us modeling it as the leaders and being more and more vulnerable about all of those dark spots in our life. And, um, and, and, and the beautiful part is then you're loved even with them, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Despite of them, we are accepted and loved. And uh, I think that is the grace upon grace 
that makes these groups so special um, that we truly receive and feel that love of Christ uh, from each other. Well, this has just been so wonderful, Tammy, just to hear you talk about uh, this. Um, Is there any closing recommendations or advice that you have for our listeners today? Well, um, about spiritual journeys, I'll just close by saying um, just as important as sharing it is getting a response from the group. So um, we take notes, we ask questions, um, we we give feedback. Um, you know, it's a way of validating what you heard. And um, if, if the message wasn't delivered that they wanted, it gives them a chance to clarify it. Um, you know, we, we use it to identify strengths in people and um, tell them how we saw God in their story. Um, we even do a little exercise where we have a discussion about them like they're not in the room. So they get to pretend to be a fly on the wall. And, you know, what, are, what, what would people say about me if, if I weren't sitting here? Um, so it, it's uh, that, that part of the exercise to me is, is um, very beneficial. And I would, I would greatly encourage everyone to, to include that. Okay. So, and I, and I, I think this is really good, important. So the, the feedback or the reflection time that you're saying, it's not to like fix them or prod them. It's really just to come alongside, like you said, and validate them and let them know they were heard and encourage them even uh, to let maybe help them notice things they hadn't even seen yet, right? Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Yes. Everyone needs that encouragement. And I mean, you've just expressed <laughs> Uh, maybe, like you said, things in your life you've never told anyone. So um, that is the prime moment that that you're in the deepest need of of that kind of encouragement, right? So, yeah, so it's, that's beautiful. It's essential. That's that's love and acceptance and grace. That's beautiful. Well, Tammy, it has been just a joy and a pleasure to have you come and share with us uh, today to teach us about spiritual journeys. For all those out there listening, if you go to the uh, 419 website, that's 419disciplemakers.org. And in the search, if you type in spiritual journey, there are documents that sort of support what Tammy's been talking about today. Sometimes the visual helps to go with what she's described. I think there's a blank document for a spiritual journey that has the line she mentioned. There is, um, I think, a leader's guide and maybe even a participant's um, sheet that just sort of talks about those highs and lows So that would be great. If you haven't done that um, with your group, we really encourage you to go and find those documents or uh, get in touch with me and I can connect you to Tammy. I know she'd be very willing to teach you this and and show you how it works. If you'd like to see hers or maybe let her hear, you know, just a bit more about this. Um, She's a great person to connect to. So, Tammy, thank you again for coming on with us today and sharing. Thank you so much for having me, Beth. I enjoyed it. We enjoyed having you. Uh, Please share this podcast with a friend or another leader, someone you know who's looking for some ways to create transparency and vulnerability within their group. You'll be surprised how well this works. So until next time, God bless you and keep making those disciples. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. 419disciplemakers.org.